Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. Thanks for hopping on and joining us tonight. And uh, we appreciate you sharing the videos and commenting where you're watching from. And if you're on YouTube, uh, thank you for subscribing and uh, pass that around. Help us get the word out. Uh, we have a lot going on at PFFM. So go to our website and check it out. You can go in there and find out all the upcoming events and where we're going to be. Uh, and you can download a lot of our teachings on there. And so it's just a good place to get all of our information. And so we're going to wait a couple seconds here, maybe a minute for people to join us. And we're going to be talking about intrusive thoughts tonight. So man, tonight is going to be a powerful night. If you've ever struggled with thoughts or uh, you know, things that just pop in your mind. We're going to be talking about them tonight and biblically, how we overcome them, what we do with them. And so again, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. Go to our website, check out everything you need to know there. Uh, and uh, I want to encourage you to keep praying for the ministry and keep supporting us. We thank you for the partners. And if you want to sign up and be a partner, again, I know I say it a lot, but pffministries.org. You can go right on the web page there and uh, hit partners and I'll give you all the information uh, and you can join with us in prayer and finances as well and uh, just support and we really, really appreciate it. All right, so I'm going to open up in prayer here uh, and we're going to hop on this topic of intrusive thoughts. And so I know this is a, a hot topic for a lot of people who's ever struggled. And so I want to give a little disclaimer uh, before we get started into it. Uh, I'm not, you know, a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. So we're teaching biblically how to handle these things and biblically what to do. And so, you know, uh, if you have a, a medical condition or something, I'm not telling you what to do. We're not giving you, uh, you know, medical advice. We're talking spiritual things tonight. And so we want to help you overcome them spiritually and what to do with them. Uh, we are going to talk about the natural a little bit. But uh, again, we're not medical. We're spiritual. So, uh, you know, don't do anything that uh, you wouldn't do with you and your doctor. I want to make sure I say that to all of you out there because when you talk about mental health and uh, different things that are going on, you know, we want you to use wisdom. We want you to use the Holy Spirit guiding you. Uh, we want you healthy and we want you whole. So we do our part spiritually and uh, help you get things in line with the Word of God uh, and make sure you're not being influenced and make sure you don't have things going on uh, that we need to address. So tonight, intrusive thoughts. I know it's going to be a good topic. I know it's one that uh, can hit some buttons. So uh, bear with us and stick through the whole topic. And we're going to believe for healing. We're going to believe for freedom in your life and understanding and getting past this stuff that may be holding you down. Amen. All right. So Father, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your insight. We ask you to open our spiritual ears, to open our eyes. We ask you, Father, to open our hearts tonight that we would receive from you that you would help our minds be clear and that we would truly become the people that you've called us to be in kingdom building, that we can pursue building the kingdom without hindrance. Father, we thank you uh, for that ability and for that healing and deliverance and freedom and boldness and power and all that you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, uh, so we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to look at Though we walk in the flesh, in verse 3, we do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for destruction of fortresses. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, 
and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so we are told in Scripture to take our thoughts captive and actually uh, have obedience with our thoughts. And so the world has a thing called intrusive or invasive, but I like intrusive thoughts. And what it is, it's a thought that pops in your head. You just be randomly doing something and you just have a thought that's just uh, just appears. And those thoughts can be about anything. There's really no limit to them. There's not really a limit to how many you can have in a day, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and so they could be about uh, perversions. They could be about hurting yourself or others. They could be just random, weird, dumb things. Uh, they could be about self-doubt and just saying you're no good, you're this and that. Stress can trigger these. Uh, there's medical things that can trigger these. But it's also, we have an enemy who is trying to get into our conscience, trying to get his thoughts and his ways into our brain, into our our uh, direction of where God's called us to do. And so so many intrusive thoughts are just random brain happenings. And uh, you can look it up and, and look into it. And I think 99% of people have had them. Uh, they don't mean anything necessarily. It just means that, you know, you have a brain that pops something into your brain, like a daydream or something. But in some of our cases, if they're repetitive and if they're spiritually um, connected, sometimes it's the enemy trying to get you off track. Sometimes it's the enemy trying to get you messed up, trying to bring fear in your life, anxiety in your life, make you think you're going crazy, make you think you're losing it. A lot of us that have been through things in life, uh, it's very common to have those thoughts pop in your head, especially past trauma we talked about last week. So we want to keep building on this in spirit life and, and tell you how to live a strong spiritual life and how to be strong in the spirit. And one of the places we need to start is in our mind. Uh, last week with perceived realities, we trying to grab a hold of that. And to, tonight, we're going to get in your thoughts. And so we're supposed to, we're going to read this. We're supposed to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And so we, we're supposed to take it to where we understand what God is saying to us and we understand what's not of God. And there's a lot of things that are in our minds that aren't of God. And we're told in Romans to renew our mind, to renew our minds, right? And so we want to go there with Romans 12. We're going to jump back and forth in these verses. I want to give you a foundation. Uh, Romans 12, chapter uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you may prove the will of God is as good and acceptable and perfect. And so we know we need to renew our mind. So when you come out of the world, you're living worldly, you're going through stuff, you find God, you get a new birth, you're born again. And we're told now that there is some work on our part. And I know that Christianity is not a work base. No one can boast in it. It's a gift of God. But once we're born again, there is some renewing, some working in us that needs to be done. Uh, we need to take thoughts captive. We can't just let our mind be a playground for anything that pops into it. Uh, we can't let our minds not get renewed as well. We, we have to make sure we take the, the time to renew our mind. Now you renew your mind by the word of God. You renew your mind by prayer, by fasting. And you, we also take thoughts captive and we discipline them. Now what's so important about this is that if you let your mind just run, in other words, if you, if you just let these thoughts come in your mind and you just let them run. Now here's where the world and uh, spiritual you know, Christianity is going to collide a little bit because the world will tell you if you just avoid these thoughts, they will drift away. Uh, and chances are they won't come back because you won't focus on them. But if you focus on them, you become hyper-focused. You go almost to an OCD condition, and they say that you will become into it, and then you'll return it and make it worse. 
But again, I can't give you medical advice, but I can tell you this spiritually. When a thought comes in your mind that's anti-God, that's anti what God's called you to be, you have to make a decision what you do with that thought. You have to decide how you're going to handle the thought that just passed into your brain without permission. Now, the, the Lord, we have the mind of Christ. We have the Spirit of God in us. He, the Lord has given us the helmet of salvation. He's given us all the tools and all the equipment we need to be successful in controlling our thoughts, right? So I don't believe there's a place in a Christian life where we should allow open access to anything that wants to come into our mind. Now, whether that's through your eyes or through your ears, and yes, there's some things you can't avoid. You drive down the road, you can see things you don't want to see. Uh, you can walk into a grocery store and hear things you don't want to hear. Uh, but we have authority over our body. We're not just a free-for-all that the enemy can do whatever he wants. You know, there's a there's a misconception a little bit about, well, you know, as a Christian, if we're in a wrong environment or if we see something, it's going to, you know, affect us because it has to as it would the world. It doesn't have to. I've done a lot of ministry where in deliverances or in healing, you think things manifest or um, bodily functions or fluids, in other words, or uh, contorting and other faces or the body or, or things that just aren't natural. So you see things in ministry that you wouldn't want to watch. You know, if it was just a movie, you'd say, I don't want to watch that stuff. But in ministry, sometimes you see these things. And so you can't avoid the reality of things are going to pop in through your eyes and through your ears. Now, we do need to watch them. But it's going to pop in. Now, after you leave doing ministry, one of the times that the enemy really likes to attack you is after you're serving God. He'll pop in your head and say, oh, that was dumb. You should delete it. Oh, you should just get rid of it. No one cares. Or um, that prayer made no sense. Or that word you gave is not going to come true. You're no good. Or you get off the stage from worship. And, you know, you shouldn't even be up there. You can't sing. Or anybody can play better than you can play. Uh, you, you see a manifestation, you know maybe a deliverance, all that demon is going to come after you now or it's going to jump on you. All these thoughts that somewhere along the line, you probably heard them from somewhere, whether you remember or not, uh, but they just popped in an intrusive thought, just boom, there it is. I mean, without really asking your permission. That's why it's called intrusive, right? And so the Bible says we got we got to take those thoughts and we got to take them captive. And we, we, got to, we got to bring them to the obedience or the discipline of Christ. And in Colossians, a lot of verses on this. I mean, there's so many, we go on and on. But Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. We have the mind of Christ. Our mind is set on the spirit. We are spirit, which is life and peace, not on the things of the flesh. And so we want to make sure, you know, when these thoughts come, we grab them and we discipline them. So how do you discipline a thought? How do you bring them to obedience to Christ? Well, one of the things that is really important to do in this process is to read the word of God. Now, why I'm, it's so important, but in this particular instance, it's really, really important because it's the basis of holding that thought captive. In other words, you're gonna discipline with the word of God. So you're gonna take that thought, comes in your head, says, I am no good. And you're gonna grab that intrusive thought and you're gonna say, the word of God says, I am the joy of the Lord. I am made in his image. You know what I mean? You, you take the word, and you're proving the thought wrong. You're, you're punishing. You're taking it captive. You get off from doing ministry. You come down off a stage. Or even if you're just doing ministry as a, a prayer partner at a prayer meeting. Or if you're just ministering uh, in a service or ministering at the mall or wherever you are. And you're done and the enemy tells you, oh, you're no good. You should just stop. You know, you, you've got to take that thought captive. And you got to say, this is what I do. I'm not telling you this, but I say, hey, the Lord used a donkey. I'm qualified. Now, I know a lot of people laugh at that. But when I can, when I tell my brain that thought, hey, 
I'm, you know, I got to be better than a donkey. You know, it's, it's not a joking matter to me. It's a reality of God can use anything. I mean, the Bible said that we don't rejoice the rocks will. They'll cry out. So he can use rocks. I mean, he used fish for a gold coin. He used a fish to take Jonah. Um, he used fire to burn off their ropes from three Hebrew boys that didn't burn them. And he used a donkey. Uh, he can use anything. He's God. And so I take that thought and I take it captive with the understanding God can use anything. I'm, I'm a vessel made in God's image. Like I'm, I'm a person. I have value above a donkey or a rock. And so that thought that would come in my mind, I would take it captive with the realization, no, this is not who I am. And the more you do that, the less of those thoughts that the enemy will throw at you, trying to stick in your head, well, come, you know, and if you're trying to overcome something, like if you're trying to quit smoking or quit drinking or whatever it is, and you have a thought, oh, you might as well give up because you smoked or you might as well this. God's grace doesn't run out. There is no end to God's grace. There is no end to God's mercy. So, you know, if you want to quit smoking or drinking and you pick one up again, you don't throw everything away. You don't because a thought pops in your head. You keep going and you just continue in God's grace and his mercy. Now, these aren't as difficult because we have a root of the invasive thought. We have a place where it's coming from you can connect it to. The ones that can get scary and the ones that can make you think, man, maybe I'm losing it, are the ones that come from nowhere. Uh, there is no connection. You didn't do ministry. You're not trying to quit. You don't have any trauma going on. You're just hit, you know, with the thought. And, you know, the Bible tells us that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And I think as Christians, we downplay that a good bit uh, just because the realization of it, I, I, I don't think that we really want to grasp what that's saying. A roaring lion. That's not like a, a cat just making a little whimper or meow. It's a roaring lion looking whom he can devour. It depends on your translation. Devour, overcome, take, a loud lion, roaring lion. The, the fact of the matter is we have an enemy that's loud. He's very loud. And he's loud. I mean, look, he's the whole world loud. I mean, look at the world. Look how loud he is in the world. Look how loud he is in marketing and uh, what we're considering moral okayness now and, and where the line has been drawn and almost everything in this nation is just getting pushed. He's loud. He's loud through people. He's loud uh, through the ways of the world. He's loud. You can hear him without really even trying to listen. It's everywhere. It, it's everywhere. Uh, to where we could argue, get off topic here, but where the church is a little bit quiet, where the church isn't loud, where the church is uh, trying to be polite, but I think that passiveness, we need to turn to boldness. But anyway, that's a different teaching. But he's loud. He's roaring like a lion in the atmosphere around you. So it's not strange. It may be to the world, but it's not strange when I hear a Christian say, at, for, at particular no time at all, for no reason at all, for absolutely just a randomness of being random, right? Just I'll be sitting there doing nothing. All of a sudden I'll hear just an invasive, you're no good. Or uh, you should just quit ministry. Or you should, you know, hurt yourself. Or uh, you should hurt others. Or you should, uh, you know, and again, if you're struggling with things and you need help, please call someone. I'm not a doctor. I'm just giving you spiritual advice here. Uh, but I would say to pray. But also, you know what I mean? Get help. Don't don't just sit there and struggle. Call someone. Get help. Don't fight these things alone. Regardless, don't fight them alone. And so you have these things coming in, in your head, uh, and they're just random. And a Christian tells me that. And I'm not as surprised maybe as everyone else would be about it, because to me, we have a roaring lion. 
a roaring lion outside your spiritual door, just sitting there roaring and roaring and roaring. And yeah, you might do a great job of ignoring that uh, and having your spiritual earmuffs on where you're not hearing it, say 20 out of 24 hours a day. Uh, you might have a bad day, you might not get enough sleep, you might be down out, you might have stress that came in your life. Uh, you might have things that put the walls down, all of a sudden that roaring can get through. You know, every Christian has ups and we have downs. We don't want to admit we have downs, but we have days that are a little bit harder than the other days. And I'm not saying Jesus had a down day, I'm not saying that. But in the garden, when he's praying, Father, if you can take this cup from me, and he's sweating drops of blood, that's a that's a hard day, at least. You could say that. You may say it's a down day. That's a hard day. That is an opportune time for the enemy to come in and try to do something because our flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And your your brain is part of the flesh package. So when we die, we get new heavenly bodies with new minds. And you're right, same you, same spirit, same soul, your elect in yeah, intellect, your will, your emotions, same all that. But you're not going to have the mind that you have here that's corrupt and polluted. You'll have your memories, but you won't have these parts of them. That's why we get a new body. You won't have the same urges in your flesh. And a lot of those urges in our flesh come from places that are mine and different places like that. So while we're here, it's not or shouldn't be shocking to us as Christians that the enemy would throw things right into our path, right into our life, right into our mind, the place he knows is going to hit us. You know, if he throws things in front of you, you can look away. If he throws things to the left or the right or in the radio or TV, you can choose what to watch. You might mess up once in a while, but you have pretty good discernment. But if it just comes in, boom, right into your mind without anything, you you have no choice but to give it attention. You're going to give it attention. You're either going to take it and cast it down or you're going to run with it in a negative sense. But you're going to do something. Because even avoiding it is doing something. Although avoiding wouldn't really be avoiding because you have to purposely focus on not avoid on on not thinking about to avoid it. It's not just going to be natural to avoid it. And so we want to understand there's an enemy who's trying to get to all of us. If you've been through things, which all of us, all of us have been through things, maybe not as severe as others, it doesn't matter because what's happened to us, it happened to us and it's bad to us. We don't need to compare ourselves to others and put it in well it's not that bad bad is bad what hurt you hurt you it doesn't have to equal or make sense to anyone else right you're the one that's living it it affects you it affects you well, what if other people say it shouldn't don't worry about what other people say you gotta live your life with your understanding and your faith with god as you grow mature and get victory in these areas and so if you're just sitting there you're doing nothing and this thought comes in you got to grab it you got to understand why it's coming because we're in a spiritual warfare we're, we're not just saved to walk and just, you know, roses and everything's going to be great. We're saved to go rescue others that are blinded, that are uh, hearts are hardened, that are stuck in the muck and the mire. We're, we're saved to go expand and build the kingdom. Now, I know God's building it, but we're his workmen on the earth. We're his foot, his hands, his arms, his eyes, his legs. We get saved. We get born again to get enlisted in the army of God, to go out and free other people, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, uh, to raise the dead, to spread the gospel, to show the joy of Christ, the gifts, the fruits of the Spirit, right? Uh, to demonstrate the nature and the character of God. All these things is what's inherent. It's in you. Whether you recognize it or not, it's in you. Now, whether you do it or not, it doesn't change the fact that that comes with knowing Christ. It is a very 
real and, and very like part of what being a Christian is. Now you say, well, I'm not designed, but you are designed that way. It is your nature to have his nature when you're born again, because it's his nature you have. You have his mind, you have his thought, you have his heart. So even if you're not doing anything, and a lot of people say, well, I'm not doing anything. So these thoughts, why am I being attacked? I'm not doing anything. Well, the enemy isn't attacking you based on what you're doing. The enemy is attacking you based on whose you are. In other words, who owns you, who you belong to. He's not attacking you based on the level of your engagement in the assignment of being in the war for God and, 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 you know, a warrior for him and going out there and rescuing a loss and trying to bring freedom to those. And no, he's attacking you because you enlisted in an army that is defeating him. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it doesn't matter so much if you are doing it, you're enlisted in an army that is going after that kingdom. You're you're advancing the kingdom of God over in victory the kingdom of darkness. Well, you're not doing anything, but that doesn't matter. The kingdom you're a part of is. Now we could talk about why you're not doing anything later, but that's not a valid excuse for the enemy not to come get you. Now this might you know change some of your opinions about things, but you not pursuing what God's called you does not take you off the radar of the enemy roaring like a lion. A lot of people say, well, if I get in ministry and start serving God, the enemy will come after me. No, no, no. He's coming after you now because you're part of the army. You're part of it. That's advancing over his kingdom. So if you look at it in the sense of a war, you're isolated and by yourself. You're, you're the target he would go after because you're not all suited up in the armor of God. Uh, you're not taking your thoughts captive. You're not renewing your mind. You're not disciplining yourself in, in the ways of the Lord. Your mind's not set on the things of the Spirit. In Romans 8, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. So even if the excuse is I'm not doing anything, there's no reason for this. No, the enemy would go after you know the one who's not doing anything, the one who's not in shape spiritually, the one who's not prepared for battle, the one who doesn't have his armor on. Why wouldn't you attack the one who's not doing anything um, compared to the one who's full armor, suited up and out there in shape and charging every day? That person is expecting an attack because they're going intentionally to where the enemy is to rescuing those that are in prison. In other words, they know there's a lion roar and they know there's fiery darts of the enemy. So they're prepared. They're more than prepared. They're expecting it. And people who are expecting it are on the guard to prevent it from landing on them. People who aren't expecting it are shocked when a fiery dart gets shot your way or when an intrusive or invasive word from the enemy speaks into you. You say, but, I, but I'm not even doing anything. You know, the enemy doesn't have compassion. He's not going to say you're having a bad day. You're down or you're tired. I'm going to ease up on you. No, he's an opportunist. He's going to take anything he can and come after you. Uh, I'm hoping within this year to release my next book about that very thing. But uh, he, he comes after you when you're down. That's, that's what he does. Jesus, 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. When did he come to tempt him? He didn't come when he was all charged up with angels around him. He came when he was at a part of the flesh, not him, but the flesh 
being weak and being down in energy from not eating, fasting, being in a wilderness alone. So if you stay in a position of not doing anything in the kingdom and not preparing for battle and not positioning yourself for battle, not expecting that you're in a battle, not wearing the armor for battle, and not advancing forward the kingdom, then you are a person the enemy is going to consider uh, roaring out louder and shooting darts at. Because you look, and I'm not saying you are, but you look like a, a term you're going to be familiar with, an easy target. And so when an invasive thought comes in our mind from the enemy, you grab that thing, that way it could be from your childhood or anywhere, but you grab it and you take it down and you, you bring it into the obedience of Christ. And when a fiery darts of the enemy come, you hold up the shield of faith. And as you're going forward in battle, there's an expectation and everyone else is in battle with you has an expectation. Yeah, we're at war. There is an expectation and enemies trying to stop us because we're going into his territory to get those that are lost, those that are in the muck and the mire, those whose hearts are still hardened, those whose eyes haven't opened. But for the, the average Christian churchgoer, they hang out with other people who aren't addressing forward in the kingdom. They're not addressed into battle. They're not doing, you know, to them, you know, going to church is, you know, the biggest battle they have is showing up for an hour and a half to two hours on Sunday. And that in itself, I know that we sadly had making that like a great accomplishment, but that's not the kingdom building that I'm describing that we're all called to. Uh, there are people out there tonight who need you to go and spread the gospel to them. There's people out there tonight who don't know the Lord. There's people out there tonight who might make the biggest mistake in their life. There's people out there tonight that need deliverance. They need their eyes open. They need their heart. Who's going to go reach them? Who's going to push through all the warfare? Who's going to push through all the obstacles? Who's going to push through all the roaring of the lion and all the fiery darts? We are. We are what pushes through. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is our job. Paul told Timothy, like a good soldier, this is our job. We are soldiers. And so when I get an intrusive thought, and yes, I get them. I'm not exempt from them. I take that thought captive. But I don't, I don't let it hit me like, what am I doing wrong or why did it hit me? I hit it with an expectation. The enemy is trying to stop me. Not because of all the great I'm doing, but because the kingdom of God is advancing and I'm part of that kingdom. So I'm labeled with the group, guilt by association, guilty as charged. You know what I mean? Like I'm a part of that group. I'm a part of it. If there's a man uh, in Carolina or a guy in, in California or even the revival that's been happening, that we're a part of this. We're one family. We're unity. We're the same people. We have the same spirit in us. So when there's a revival breaking out, you say, well, it's not happening here. Why would the enemy? Because He's attacking the kingdom of God that you're a part of. It's not such an isolated thing. It's an isolation attack sometimes. It feels like that. But it's a bigger picture than that. He wants to stop the kingdom. Not you. The whole kingdom of God. So when we you know, have experience of God and revivals and different things happen, it aggravates the enemy. He gets mad. He's, he, he gets charged up. He doesn't want God to win. He doesn't want... He doesn't want our youth to be saved. He doesn't want the colleges to get on fire for God. And so what's he do? He roars louder and roars louder and roars louder. And those of us in the spirit, living in the spirit with our minds set on the things of God, we have an expectation that these things are coming. 
We have an expectation that there is a war release in the atmosphere over this nation we're in. I don't know if you're familiar or know this, but there is a war over this nation, the atmosphere of this nation. So as a Christian, as a brother in the body of Christ, as a fellow heir to the throne, you know what I mean? Like I am, I'm born again. I'm with all of you. We're all on the same team. When the team advances, even if I didn't advance, I'm still part of the advancing team. Therefore, I'm a target for the enemy that the advancing team has overcome or trying and will overcome. Do you understand? We're pushing it back. So as we push it back, I expect a, a retaliation. Now, I don't expect it to have victory and I don't expect them to get anywhere, but I do expect to hear the roar. I think right now this nation's hearing the roar. I think there's a lot of Christians that are hearing the roar. The thoughts, the words popping in your head. But instead of saying, what's wrong with me? Or, you know, am I doing something? Say, no, no, no. I got to grab that thought. I got to take that thing captive. I need to bring it to the obedience of Christ. And I got to understand that I am a partaker, not only in the glory and the power and the might and the freedom and deliverance of God, but also in the sufferings. I'm also a partaker of the afflictions. I'm also of the persecution. You know, the world hates us. The enemy hates us. We share in the things of Christ and the good and the things of Christ and the not so pleasant. We're, we're not going to be loved. We're going to be hated. It's in your Bible. We're going to have the enemy try to come and overcome us. We're going to have to stand and fight. It's not, Christianity is not a social club. It's not where you just come together and hang out on Sundays uh, and have potluck dinners later. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is, it is an enrollment in a kingdom of God. It is a soldier's enrollment. We raise our hand. We got a new heart. God birthed in us a brand new. Our salvation is a gift. We cannot boast. We did nothing to get that. But we are told to discipline ourselves, to train ourselves, to pray, to fast, to read, to renew, to set our mind. Set your mind is a, is a choice commandment. You need to set, to choose to set your mind. God doesn't just set your mind. We pick where we put our mind. Our mind we have dominion of. And when the enemy throws these intrusive words or thoughts into our mind, we grab them and we, we take them for what they are. They're attack of the enemy. They are a 100% attack of the enemy to throw you off. So if you've been thrown off by these and you've been focused on them, you, you're going to have to come to a realization that my mind is where the enemy's probably going to start attacking me. And you're going to have to grab those and you're going to have to bring them to obedience. And then you're going to have to grab the next one and the next one. And the next one, until you get spiritually fit and your mind gets strong to where the quicker they come, the quicker you shoot them down. Uh, and eventually they won't happen near as much, if at all. But when they do happen, you'll know that we're advancing. The kingdom's advancing. I'm a part of the advancement. And when the fiery darts come, you that's why you keep your shield. And so I, I want to I wanna wrap this up with telling you about the helmet of salvation. And, and we talk about a lot in Ephesians, the armor of God, the helmet of salvation. But it's, it's your helmet that protects your mind. And we don't have time to get into it all. We'll do a little bit tonight, maybe some more some other night. But the helmet of salvation, your confidence of the soundness of your mind is in your salvation. It's in who you have covered yourself and protected the most vulnerable place next to your heart in a battle is your mind. You hit the head hard enough, it's going to knock you out. It's not a good thing. And if the enemy keeps bringing intrusive in words and just screaming at you forever, you might not physically get knocked out, but it'll knock you down. 
You're not going to do anything when you feel defeated. You're not going to do anything when you feel like you're worthless or you have weird thoughts or perversions or things pop in your head that you know aren't you. You're going to start to identify with them. Well, the helmet of salvation is put on you so you guard your thoughts with the the love of your salvation, your first love of Jesus who loved you and moved into your heart and made you a new person and you put that helmet on. And when the enemy throws these thoughts, they hit your salvation and bounce off because you're a child of God. You have the mind of Christ. And it's a constant reminder, leave it on. Don't take your helmet of salvation off. Leave it on. Remember what God's done for you. Remember uh, where you were before him. Remember all the glorious things that he has done and promised and has shown to be true your whole life. And so when these thoughts come in, you rebuke them with the word of God. You take authority over them. And then you get up and get in the business of kingdom building. Don't get in the business of sitting there being a spectator. Get in the business of kingdom building where you can hang out with other strong brothers and sisters who are geared up for war, who live a life of war, of prayer, of fasting, of reading their Bible, of every day they're talking about God, they're worshiping, not just on Sunday. Sunday's uh, the place they do it corporately, but they're doing it all week long. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's God, God, God all the time. It's God everything. Their mind is on it. Get around them. And at first, you're going to feel like this is a lot. This is this is too much. But it's not. And eventually, you'll get there and, and you'll want more. You'll want more and you'll want to keep going. And we build on the foundation of others. And as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But if you're following someone and they stop following Christ, stop following them. Because Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Advancing the kingdom. Listen, if you don't have a home church that's pushing you into advancing a kingdom, pushing you into growing, pushing you into all the characteristics of God, submission and discipleship and Paul's and Timothy's and all the great things about the Lord. You know, find a place. We come to us. We have a place you can come. You can uh, check us out. We're expanding and we have a great announcement this Sunday coming, but we'll help you. But this is the kingdom of God. This is the reality of being a child of God. There's an enemy who hates all of us, whether you do anything or not. He hates you once you're in the kingdom. Because he hates the kingdom. He hates it. And he roars like a lion looking who he can devour. He's going to look for the weak and the sick and the downtrodden and the hurt. He's not going to look for the one holding the armor of God in spiritual shape, uh, announcing victories and advancing the kingdom of heaven. He's going to leave those alone to some degree because he's going to try to take out uh, the, the, the ones who are struggling. I don't want you to be a struggling Christian. I want you to be strong in the Lord, strong in your faith, strong as a man or woman, that you build yourself up, that you gird up your loins, you know, like you, you brace yourself, prepare yourself for battle, that you get ready to go do what God's called you to do. Because we can be a part of the, the kingdom of God and move forward and have the enemy screaming and yelling at us, or we can be about complaining and sitting down doing nothing and have the enemy trying to destroy us. Um, for me personally... Uh, the enemy took a lot from me in my younger years before God got a hold of me and redeemed what was lost and returned what the moth and the rust devoured. And, you know, I want to go advance the kingdom. I want to see other people get rescued. I want to use the gifts God's given me. I want to use all the tools God gave me. And I, and I know it's not like giving a black eye to the enemy every time that we win a victory, but it feels good to see the kingdom of God advance knowing that what the enemy tried to destroy you with, 
that God has turned into a blessing, that God has, has redeemed you, that God took what the world thought was nothing, that what the world said was just worthless, what the enemy tried to tell you every day, you'll never make it, you're no good, you're this and that. What's God do? He comes in, he lives in your heart, he empowers you, he gives you the the, the whole Holy Spirit package, you know what I mean? You got speaking in tongues, got all signs, wonders, healing, deliverance, all the fruit, all the gift. And he says, you're a warrior. Go out there, advance the kingdom. Uh, have authority over demons and sickness and disease and all those kind of things. And rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Like you're, you're safe with God. He's got your name in heaven. He's praying over you. That should excite you. That should make you want to get up and say, get this thought out of my head. I don't want these invasive thoughts. I don't want this garbage. I don't want this junk. I got kingdom building business to be a part of. And so I want to encourage you. Get a part of a strong, spiritually grounded, moving forward, kingdom-minded place and, and grab a hold of what God has for you. Don't let your victories be just showing up once a week. You know, that's, that's not a victory. That's just putting something in front of something else. Turn off the TV to do it. That's not a victory. A victory is advancing the kingdom of God how he called you and only you to do it. That is where that satisfaction, that reward, that well-done feeling comes from. And the enemy says to you, well, you're no. No, no. I've got the privilege of watching the Lord use me instead of a donkey. Right? I got the privilege of feeling the Holy Spirit use my hand as a point of contact to bring healing. I got the privilege of watching the words that come out of my mouth speak life into someone and they found the Lord and gave their heart to Him. That just brings all those things to the obedience of God. But if you're not doing those things then yeah, it's rough. It's hard. And, and and it's just a matter of mind over matter at that time. But we're not a mind over matter people. We are the Spirit of God over everything people. We are the power of the Holy Spirit over everything people. We are the children of God. We are His sons and daughters. I mean, we are the kingdom of God on this earth. What a privilege. Anyway, I could go all night. I'm going to stop uh, and get off here, but uh, I just want to encourage you. Listen to it a couple times. Don't get offended. Don't get upset. I'm not a doctor. Again, that's my disclaimer. Don't listen to me medically. Spiritually, yes. Medically, no. I'm not a doctor. And don't get offended if this is you saying, always call me weak. I'm not calling you weak. I'm not saying that you're not uh, doing enough, but I'm always going to tell you to do more. If you hang out with me or know me, no matter what you told me you're doing, I'm always going to say, let's do more. Because we always want more. We want the high calling God. We always want more. And so get around strong believers. Get around the, well, they rub me the wrong way and they're always pushing me. Exactly. Iron sharpens iron is an iron sharpen iron kind of thing. Sparks fly. It's not the most comfortable thing. Paul and Timothy, read about it. It's This is real kingdom mindedness. But I assure you, I guarantee you, I promise you, the word of God does not lie. And if you practice these things and start putting them into a practice, not practice like baseball practice, but a practice as in a part of what you do, a part of your life. If you start doing these things, the word of God will come alive in you. And as you're advancing the kingdom and moving forward, you might sit down between victory and victory. And in that part, you might hear the enemy whisper and you'll just say, no, no, I am a child of God. I rebuke this thought. I take it captive and you'll get back on your feet and you'll run after God. Uh, these things don't have to knock you down. They don't have to make you think you're losing. They don't have to make you think there's something wrong. They don't have to make you think you're crazy. They don't have to make you think you're weak. It's an attack of the roar of the enemy trying to trip you up. And so I want to pray with you when we close uh, that the Lord would open your eyes and open your ears and give you a passion to go, a passion to go forward. 
Your gift will put you in front of great men and women. Let your gift and you fight together, holding hands, advancing the kingdom of God. And I guarantee you victories will start coming in your life and you will see a change like you never have. Will you enjoy the process? Most people don't, but it's a beautiful surrender. It's a beautiful submission. It, it is a beautiful just leaning and letting go to God. And when you experience it, you will be in love with it because it's God's design. So the only reason you would resist it now is because you haven't truly ever experienced real submission, real letting go, real following God, real saying, I am a servant of the Lord. Oh, it's so good. All right, I got to end. I got to end. I got to end. I got to end. So let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, God, uh, that you are speaking into people's life and help take these intrusive thoughts, take them captive by the word of God, give them the mind of Christ, and, and get them to where they want to advance the kingdom, get powerful, get anointed, get energetic, and want to move forward and run, 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 run with you, God, and just never look back. So, Father, we pray for those that are struggling. Uh, that they find peace tonight, that they find security in you, and that they start using the Word of God to ground themselves in truth. Father, for those that don't have a strong, spiritual, grounded church, find them a home, Father. Put them in the right path. Put a witness in their spirit of where they belong that they may lock in and stick through it and not give up. Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, thanks for sharing the videos and commenting. Thanks for partnering with the ministry. Uh, I'll be live again Friday night. Uh, I'll be in Windsor this Friday. I got a couple Fridays I'm going to be out. We have an announcement on Sunday. We got a lot of great things coming up. Uh, again, can't thank you enough for all your support and uh, sharing and liking these videos and getting the name out there. We really appreciate it. Uh, and so God bless you. Uh, and we'll see you either in person or here online, YouTube, Facebook on Friday uh, for our prophetic service. God bless, God bless, God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at God bless.